Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Good morning, everybody. I'm going to give it a second for people to show up. And I should probably also tweet this out. So give me a couple minutes to get things together. Good. I'm trying to tweet this out. I had some camera problems, so I hope it's not too blurry. I just had to go with my laptop camera. All right, excellent. The tweet is out. I've got people here hanging out with me. Great to see you, everybody. Thank you for chatting with me this morning. Um, I've got a lot of questions, so I'm just going to dig right into it. Um, Something that I want to mention right off the bat is we've started our Flyers 25 under 25 rankings. So head on over to the site, broadstreethockey.com, and uh, start doing your rankings. I think that the the top five – now that uh, Sean Couturier and Shane Gossesbear have aged out, are going to be a little bit more interesting. So uh, let's just jump right in. I haven't done my rankings yet, but when I do, you guys will know what they are. All right, so I'm just going to jump right into the questions that we had on Twitter, and there are quite a few, um, and then I'll open it up here. I'll keep an eye on... um, I'll keep an eye on the scrolling questions, so I don't, I'm going to try not to miss anything, um, but that doesn't mean that I'll be successful. So I'll keep an eye on it, but if you ask a question in the beginning that I miss, just ask it again later on. Um, So the first question is from Kevin, who is an ex-Broad Street Hockey writer, and asking, when can we get an Everything But Hockey podcast where you all choose one or two non-hockey topics to discuss? So... I never thought about this, but um, that sounds like a ton of fun. So I imagine that we'll be doing it probably sometime this summer. It's it's a pretty quiet July. Um, let's let's just jump right in and and do it. Oh God, what would my two topics be? Would it be like lecturing everybody about stuff that we know a lot about? Because I mean, Harry Potter would probably be one. Um, Dogs would be another. I don't know. That would be a lot of fun. So we're going to work it in. We're going to work it in sometime this summer. Um, next question is from Sarah. And I have them on my phone here. Um, is goaltending the determining factor for next season? Could our goalies keep us out of the playoffs? So those, I think, are two different questions. And I think that the answer to both is Yes. So is goaltending the determining factor for next season? If we break it down into the three groups, forwards, defensemen, goalies, I think that the the real big question mark here is with the goalies. So 
the forwards adding JVR is huge. Um, we already had a really successful season last year when it come to the, came to the forward core. Um, yes, there's some question marks around the 3C and what the bottom two lines will look like, but they should be pretty successful. The defensemen, you know, depending on the schemes that we see and, and the pairings, we're not sure. However, we still have Shane Gossesbeer. We still have Ivan Provorov. We assume Travis Sanheim will be in the lineup somewhere. It, it Robert Haig is doing Robert Haig things. So we should see some stability on defense. So then the question mark, of course, is the goalies. What version of Brian Elliott are we going to get? What Well, not even what version of Michael Neuvert are we going to get, but can Michael Neuvert stay healthy for long enough to be an impact? What are they going to do with Alex Lyon, Anthony Stolarz, Carter Hart? Goaltending is the big question mark going into the season. Now, Brian Elliott is a good goaltender. Do not misunderstand me. Brian Elliott is a good goaltender. Brian Elliott came back too soon from his abdominal surgery in the playoffs, but really they needed him to. Um, which is a shame. So I hope that he gets to recuperate and do all of his PT over the summer and comes back strong next season. Um, you know, Brian Elliott, who is who I was just talking about, Michael Neuvert. I mean, you never know with this guy. He is a very good goaltender who can only stay healthy for a handful of games at a time. How long can he be? Are, are solidified number two. I don't know. I don't know how long that's going to last for. Um, on the site, um, Robert Haig is not signed yet. No, Tom. Um, on the site, Brad actually broke down what are they going to do with our goaltenders this year because Alex Lyon is not waivers exempt, so he's going to have to pass through waivers just to even play in Lehigh Valley. Uh, Anthony Stolarz, coming back from a really rough season of injuries. What are what are we going to do? I don't know. Um, there's a lot of questions there at goalie uh, in net. Uh, and then the second question that Sarah asked, could our goalies keep us out of the playoffs? That's another yes. They absolutely could. We saw that not this past season, but the season before, where everybody seemed to have a pretty good season. Um, and then Steve Mason, Michael Neuvert just couldn't get it together and, and post – even an average save percentage. So it's possible. I don't really expect it to happen, but it's always possible. That That is the question mark going into this season. So I've got three questions here from Paul. Well, two and a half. The third one is hope you're having a great summer, not a question, whatever. So thank you. <laughs> um, so the two questions from Paul, the first I thought about a lot. So the first is who is your favorite non-flyer hockey player of all time? Um, and that is a really tough question for me to answer, um, because the answer that I want to say is Pavel Datsuk, but I'm harboring a little bit of a grudge, even though I have no business harboring this grudge against him, but his exit from the league led to Detroit trading their trading his rights to Arizona, Arizona, and their number one pick in the 2015 
2015 draft. 20, yeah, got to be 2015. Um, and that was the draft that Arizona took Jacob Chikrin. I was, you know, that'll come up later on in this Q&A, but that was someone that he's a player that I have been watching since he was drafted into juniors, and I thought that he was going to slip to the Flyers. So I, I'm harboring a little bit of a grudge there. Um, but I think that's that's just the answer that I'm going to go with. Um, what are you, and the second question is, what are you expecting from Oscar Lind Bloom? We're going with Lind Bloom because that's what his last name actually is. What are you expecting from Oscar Lind Bloom this season? Um, so he'll likely be playing on the third line. If everything shakes out the way that um, I expect them to. We'll have Konechny on the top line with Giroux and Voracek. Giroux and Couturier. We'll have JVR, Nolan Voracek on the third li- the second line. The third line will be question mark Oscar Lindblom and uh, Wayne Simmons. So I expect, you know, probably 30 points from him is is – my guess. And I think that that's going to disappoint a lot of people. I think that a lot of people are going to be disappointed with Limbloom's season this year. Um, and I know that a lot of people were disappointed last year, but he's not, and he never has been a flashy offensive player. He could score, but he's always been a, a two way forward that just happens to be in the right place at the right time. Cause his hockey IQ is off the charts. Um, I, I think that we need to just kind of temper our expectations and be happy with 30 points for him. If he exceeds it, awesome. If he doesn't, then we've got to look at what's, what happened and what went, what went wrong there. From Sean, which flyer do you want launched into the sun? Well, this one is a very easy answer for me. Uh, the answer is Dave Hackstall. Oh, but Steph, Dave Hackstall isn't a flyer. Well, Dave Hackstall is the chief flyer he is the top flyer that is in the bench area so let's fire dave haxtall right into the sun thank you um from ben what are the scenarios that cost haxtall his job oh so this fits right in one eight and one in the first ten, three fourteen and three in the first twenty, ten twenty-five and five in the first half. Follow-up question: How do we make the playoffs after we start ten twenty-five and five? So that's a this is a good question because I don't know. I don't know what it will take for Ron to for Ron Hextall to give up on the Dave Hextall experiment. Um, my, my initial thoughts are it would take, it would take a historic losing streak like we saw last year. It would take national and international headlines to be like, Oh, the flyers are a goddamn mess blow this team up for there to be some type of action. It would have to be, it would have to be worse than last year. It would have to be, it would have to be worse because Hextall did make the playoffs two years out of three. That's not, that's not something that 
we can discount. Yes, we may not like that it happened to this coach because it exter- extends his tenure behind the bench, but it is something that management is going to take into account. Now, if this season starts like last season did, and we're going into Christmas and they are a tire fire, I do believe that there will be moves coming and they will be coming from higher up than Ron Hextall. That being said, if that happens, there's a very good chance, and I don't want to scare anybody because I don't know that this will happen. I'm very, very much hoping that it doesn't. But if this season starts the way that last season did and they start a historic losing skid again, there's a very good chance that the call from higher up comes in to get rid of Hackstall and Hextall. Because Hextall is not going to want to get rid of his guy. And the management, and I'm saying super high up, president and ownership, is not going to tolerate the guy who doesn't want to get rid of his coach that is sinking the team. That's all that I'm saying here. Because I, I, Kurt is saying I can't deal with worse than last year. Neither can I. So I don't want anything like this to happen. I would love to see Hackstall turn it around and, and show that he gets utilization and it was just getting past some bad contracts and that's why things were the way that they were. Let's let's see what happens. Let's see what happens with a roster that is mostly good players. Okay. Um, from Brian, uh, there are quite a few questions here um okay so the first one is assuming there are no additional moves what grade would you give the flyers off season i would give right now um i'd give them they get they get a solid a for me um from the JVR acquisition, letting players walk and sign elsewhere. Um, they, they didn't really clear up the 3C question mark, but that's okay. Um, I've got a lot I've got a lot of questions about the uh, the tirade that I just went on about Hextall and Hackstall. so let's see. Um, Joel wants me to stop with Hackstall already. You can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit, and that's what this team has been talent-wise nil till recently. No, you're totally, totally right. I would absolutely call Sean Couturier and Claude Giroux having career seasons chicken shit. I would absolutely call Ivan Provorov and Shane Gostisbehar chicken shit. Come on, dude. The talent's there. Um, from Tom, who exactly would be pulling the puppet strings would love to know. So the the ownership, ownership of the team. Comcast Spectacor owns the team. Uh, Dave Scott, I believe, is, is, is overseeing the board who manages the Flyers. Um, and Paul Holmgren is still around. So he's the president of the team, has a lot more insight than a lot more insight and a lot more leverage than anybody really knows it's not just a a puppet position he does 
have a lot of say as to what goes on with the team. Um, from Jason, they won't fire Hextall now that Comcast is at the helm. They are a big, they are about big business more than winning, so they'll be satisfied with developing young picks and prospects. I wholeheartedly disagree. Uh, Comcast is about winning because that's where the money comes from. If there's no butts in seats, Comcast is in trouble. And there were not butts in seats last year. You have to remember, this ownership group did not hire Ron Hextall. Ron Hextall is not their guy. So this is a whole thing when new GMs come in, they've got to get rid of the coaches because they need their guy. Ron Hextall is not the guy that they picked to run the team. So this is just something to keep in mind. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not at all saying that this is going to happen. I'm just saying it's something to keep your eye on. Um, so the second, I'm going back here. Uh, the second question is from Brian again. Um, are you surprised Eric Carlson hasn't been traded yet? Yes and no. So I, I would think that he... Um, he has to get out of there before the season starts. I'm not really surprised that it hasn't happened yet, mostly because I believe ownership is tying the hands of the team. I, I think that they refuse to let him be traded within the division, within the conference, and that's really, really limiting what you're going to get back for him. Um, you know, that plus saddling him with Bobby Ryan potentially – it's not really that surprising because I think that they're they're shooting themselves in the foot. If I if I were Eric Carlson, I mean, if he doesn't get traded this off season, I wouldn't show up to camp next season. I, this is a it's a mess. It's a very messy situation. Um, and then the third, in honor of Comic Con this week, what's the nerdiest thing you like? I like a lot of nerd stuff. I like a lot of nerd stuff. So from Harry Potter, and I don't, I've got my Harry Potter literally in my skin, um, and I'm rereading the series. From, oh, there we go. From the beginning. And you can see how worn this book is. So it's definitely not the first, second, or third time that I've read the series through. Um, other nerd stuff that I like in terms of video games, I'm a Nintendo girl. Um, so I'm big on Zelda and all of the associated Zelda games, um, Game of Thrones. I'm super into, um, I've, I've seen that the Vikings crew is at Comic-Con this week and I, I love Vikings. Uh, other nerd shit that I'm into is I'm super into history. I'll watch documentaries just on a, weeknight just for fun I'm I'm I am a nerd and I'm totally okay with that um so if anybody wants to talk about nerd shit at any time I'm your girl I'm here for this um all right so Chris has a few questions um Chris has a few questions so I'll just run through them um the first is Artemi Panarin has given Columbus a September 13th deadline for a contract extension. What would it take to acquire him in a trade? And if acquired, would it mean the end of Simmons as a flyer can't keep everyone? So 
there's been a lot of I'm just I'm going to address the second part because there's been a lot of well this means the end of Simmons is a flyer with everything that the Flyers do. Yes, they haven't extended him yet. Um I don't know what's going to happen with Wayne Simmons. I don't know. But I don't think that any acquisitions that they make necessarily mean the end of Wayne Simmons. Like JVR did not mean the end of Wayne Simmons' time in Philadelphia. It just means he's playing on the third line. Having guys that are first line, second line talents playing on the third line only makes your team stronger. Yes, it could start to get messy with the salary cap. You don't want guys that are making $8 million a year playing on the third and fourth lines. But if you're able to roll four strong lines, which is something that we talk about all the time, it's not a bad thing. It makes your team better. So, yes, it'll have to bump him down a little bit. Maybe he's on power play two instead of power play one. But this doesn't mean the end of Wayne Simmons with Philadelphia. Um, As far as Panarin... If he's given Columbus a September 13th deadline for a contract extension, it, it, hasn't he said that he doesn't want to play in Columbus? I don't I don't know what's going on with him in that situation. Um, but I think that if he's... Uh, he's giving them really no choice, I believe. You know, last I heard... Last I heard was he was trying to get out of Columbus to play in a bigger market... Um, so I don't know if, if he's, if he's forcing to trade, what would it take to acquire him? I have, I have no idea because I don't know. I don't know the situation, but if he's, if he's requesting a trade, usually, usually the, the team will get less for him. I, I have, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, Next from Chris, except for that goalie, what new phantom players should fans be most excited to see? Um, That goalie being Carter Hart, and that is the attraction in Lehigh Valley. Lehigh Valley is, holy shit, you people are talking garbage on Ron Weasley. Harry Potter is more of a top six winger than 3C. Oh, Harry Potter is definitely a top six winger. Um not a 3C. Ron Weasley's Andrew McDonald. That's rude. Ron Weasley is was a good keeper. Ron Weasley is Felix Sandstrom. <laughs> um okay, anyway. Um Carter Hart is the attraction in Lehigh Valley. So there are going to be some new phantoms uh coming in. So the first is German Rupsov who was first round pick in 2015. I think, I think that was his year 2016. I'm trying real hard with years. Um, it's, it's, um, you, you go down there to look at, to watch the draft picks. Now who knows what's going to happen with Phil Myers. He might be down there. He might be up here with the flyers. We're not sure. Um, there's a lot of young talent to pay attention to in Lehigh Valley, but the attraction, the reason you're going to go to Lehigh Valley this season is going to be Carter Hart. 
All right. And then the second question from Chris that starts with an except for. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I mean, it does, but I'm just teasing you. Um, so except for Dale Weiss, who will most likely be a healthy scratcher in the AHL for the final year of his contract, are we free and clear after the season of zero-dimensional bad forwards when Latera's contract expires? Um, in theory, yes. In theory, I have a cat hair in my hair. Um, in theory, Dale Weiss has two, in in reality, Dale Weiss has two years left on his contract. Yori Laterra has one. So after this season, just talking about forwards, um, we're looking at after this season, only having Dale Weiss and then a bunch of kids and, and people who we've already had on this team. So are we free and clear of zero dimensional bad forwards after this season? I'd love to say yes. I would love to say yes. However, this is subscribing to the theory that every prospect is going to pan out. This is subscribing to the theory that Ron Hextall will not make another bad free agent signing. Um, for depth and grit and size and whatever it is. And I don't have those confidences. Um, and also some of the guys that are on this team are going to start turning into whipping boys. Like I mentioned, um, I mentioned earlier that people are going to be disappointed with Oscar Lindblom bloom shit with Oscar Lindblom. I'm trying to get myself into a habit of saying it correctly because we've been saying it Limblom for so long. I don't, I don't know whether it's going to work. Um, so I, I think that in terms of true zero-dimensional bad forwards, it should be done this year, after this year, but I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, could, we could we could put all of our eggs into the Misha Vorobiev basket, and he turns out to be a bust at the NHL level. I don't, I don't know. So I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that we're past. We're going to get past the hump. You know. That being said, we still have Andrew McDonald for another two years, um, and we still have Dale Weiss for another two years. So we'll see. Uh, from Amanda, I'm really excited about the stadium series coming to Philly against the Pens. Do you think all fans will feel this way and will fill up the link after seeing empty seats during the playoff series against the Pens? I'm unfortunately skeptical. So I don't, I, I can't speak to the empty seats during the playoffs. I was in the hospital for most of that series. Um, so I don't know what this, the, stadium look like I don't know what the the turnout looked like um but I think the fans will show up that's one thing about Flyers fans like Flyers fans will show up most of the time now this this playoff series was pretty rough it was pretty rough for the Flyers and it was pretty rough for Flyers fans so I can imagine that if the team 
I, I, I don't know. This is, this is an event. This is an event, and I think that people are going to fly out for it. I, I don't – if people didn't show up for the playoff games, it was probably because they had been embarrassed so many times by, you know, just the blowout losses that they didn't want to spend a couple hundred bucks on playoff tickets. I, I think that the stadium series game is something to be really excited about, uh, and I think that Flyers fans will show up for that. Uh, from Eric, what forward and defenseman are you most looking forward? Oh, um, all right. Let's try this again. What forward and defenseman are you most excited to see play this season? So my answers for forward and defenseman are Nolan Patrick and Ivan Provorov. So I want to see what Ivan Provorov does Um. In his third year, I want to see him grow and expand on what we were able to see him do for the first two. I want to see just a little bit more, I don't want to say confidence out of him, but a little bit more risk-taking and the ability to um, correct for mistakes out of Ivan Provorov. Um, and from Nolan Patrick, I want to see his his sophomore season be exactly like the second half of his rookie season. This is what I'm here for. I am here for Nolan Patrick, but this is only because I had to pick one player. Now, if I were to talk about all of the players I'm excited about, I am super pumped to see what Travis Konechny can do this season. Um, I, I'm super, super excited to see JVR come back and see what he can do on that second line. Uh, Shane Gostisbear, I'm pumped um, Travis Sanheim. I'm, I'm excited to see Travis Sanheim, even if he's paired, excuse me, even if he's paired with Andrew McDonald. Like, I am excited for this team, and I don't think that it's, it's the same going into every season as it has been for the last few years, where I'm just, I'm, I'm excited for hockey again. Like, I do think that this should be a good team. They've got the players. It should be good. I, I'm excited for it. Um, I don't have a name here. So it's Juno3127. Why does the song played after the Flyers score goal have to sound like what Pitbull and Snooki would play for their child in the womb while eating a hoagie in Point Pleasant? It's embarrassing. Number one, I'm very glad that you know what Point Pleasant is because that was the beach that I went to as a child because it was less trashy than Seaside. Um, so I would assume that Juno is a North Jersey person or maybe New York. Um, and the answer to the first question is why, why is the goal song the way that it is, is, sorry, I just saw the question from Kevin. How much do you attribute your lack of excitement to Dave Haxwell? I just said I was excited. I am excited. And it's not false excitement like it was previously. I am excited. Now, Dave Haxtall will very likely mess that up. It is very probable that Dave Haxtall will, will just poop all over my excitement. But I am. I am excited because I do believe that this team is good as opposed to um, just hoping that it will be. Um, James says, get excited to watch Sam, Sam Moran. Sam Moran won't be playing until February, so I, I'm not going to waste my energy on getting excited to see a guy that won't play for eight months. 
Um, although I do, I do really like Moran. He's just, he's not going to play. Um, so the answer to why the goal song is the way that it is, is Claude Giroux. Claude Giroux picked the song. Claude Giroux likes EDM, not Edmonton, electronic dance music. It's a thing that I get confused often. Um, Claude Giroux picked the song. That's Claude Giroux. It's all Claude Giroux. All right, now this one's from Katie. This is far in advance, but assuming the current roster and that a couple kids make the jump, who do you think we lose in the next expansion draft? I thought about this a lot, and I know that people are very concerned about the expansion draft. I know that this is a thing that people are worried about. I know this. I also know that there is no expansion team yet. This has this is a thing that hasn't happened yet. Yes, it will happen. However, it has not happened yet. So, all of that being said, I thought about this question for a long time. I thought about this question for a very long time. And I want to predict with having done very minimal analysis as to what the other teams will do. Um, I want to predict that it's Jake Voracek that goes to Seattle in the expansion draft. I think that it'll be Jake Voracek and I don't, I, I could explain why, but it's, I think that that's actually a question for a little bit later here. Um, maybe it's not, but that's, that's my guess. I think that they protect the youth. And assuming Myers pans out, assuming Sandheim continues to excel or at least be steady in the NHL, you've got a lot of defensemen that you're not going to be able to protect because you need to protect Ivan Provorov. You need to protect Shane Gostisbehere. Now, forwards also gets a little bit more complicated. Um, so let's say you're doing the 7-3-1 model. Well, seven forwards, okay. Giroux you have to protect because he's got a no-move contract, no-move no clause. Um, Sean Couturier, Travis Konechny, Nolan Patrick, JVR. Um, who else do we... Oh, Morgan Frost we expect to make the jump. He might... He might not because of the two-year rule. But let's, let's say those five... Um, maybe you... Oh, Oscar Lindblom. Um, and then one more could one more could be anybody, right? So anybody who if they even if they're playing in the AHL, they're pro. Uh, so maybe Rubsov. I I don't I don't know I don't know how that's gonna pan out. Um, just because of the two year rule. So seven forwards and then three defensemen. Shane, Gossespierre, Ivan Provorov, and then who's the third because you're going to leave somebody exposed. Now, yes, I could have said Jake Voracek is the seventh, fo seventh forward that's um, protected. However, if you leave him exposed, that means you get to keep all of your kids, and that means you don't lose one of your young defensemen. 
Is it something I would necessarily want to do? Probably not. Because that means you're giving Jake Voracek up for nothing. Literally for free. You get nothing back. Um, but that's just... That's that's my hot take. That's my summer hot take before the Seattle team exists. I think that it's Jake Voracek that heads over there in the expansion draft. So mark it down in your calendar. This is the one that I'm going to be rolling with for a while until I change my mind. Um, from Mike, will the Metro division be hyper competitive 2018, 19? Yes. Will they be good? Questionable. So the Metro is full of talented teams. Well, last year it was very, very close. Last year was very, very close. Um, I, and I say that I, I have paused by when saying that they're full of talented teams because the Islanders, really. The Islanders and kind of the Rangers. Um, Carolina, who, who knows with them? But I think that the other group of teams, so Columbus, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia... Oh, New Jersey's still in there. Well, New Jersey will be fighting for a playoff spot. Um, they're all... Am I forgetting somebody? I, I wasn't counting. Um, Rangers, Islanders. Rangers, Islanders. Carolina. Columbus. Pittsburgh. New Jersey. Philadelphia. I got them. Um, they're all going to be fighting for a playoff spot. I think that everybody except for the Islanders will be fighting for a playoff spot. The Rangers may fall off, probably will, because who's left on that team other than Lundqvist? Um, the Rangers will fall off eventually. So we've got six teams fighting for five spots. I don't think that – I don't think the Atlantic is that good. Oh, I am forgetting the Caps. Of course I'm forgetting the Caps. Jesus. I'm trying here. Uh, yeah, so the Caps, you know, the, the team that just won the cup. <laughs> oh, God. All right, I'm moving on. Um, from Britain, should we still be booing Andrew McDonald this year? Kind of feel bad for the guy. My answer is no, and I don't – I don't really like booing players. Um, it, it, it just feels really personal for me. However – this all being said, let's channel all of our booze towards Dave Haxtall. If he has another season like he did last year. Or channel our booze towards Ian LaPerriere. If the PK is as abysmal as it's been for the last four years. Uh, from Andrew, after reading the comment section on the BSH page of Top 25 Prospects, should Hexy consider moving some youth and acquire a legitimate top six two-way forward named Mark Stone? Ottawa is in the beginning stages of a rebuild. No money equals pounce on the week. Um, my answer is no. Hold on. So Paul Bickford is asking if I'm high. The answer is no. I had a stroke a couple months ago, so I have legitimate brain damage. No, I'm not high. Thank you, Paul. Thanks. Um, so going back to Andrew's question. Um, I, I would not move um, 
I would not move any of our youth for Mark Stone. Now, Mark Stone is fine. He's good. I don't think that he's much better than anybody that's in our top six. Um, it's just, it's not something that I would do personally. Um, if, you know, he's the last good player left in Ottawa that is not Eric Carlson. So I, I could see why people are targeting him. But he would not have ever been my target for an acquisition. It would have been Mike Hoffman without all of the chaos that's surrounding Mike Hoffman. Um, but Mark Stone is, is probably not someone that um, I would target this offseason. So from SJ... Uh, what are your thoughts on Jay O'Brien? He had a good showing at Dev Camp, in my opinion. Do you see him ever making the roster or a piece to trade in the future? Um, I don't have many thoughts on Jay O'Brien because I haven't seen him play against grown-ups yet. Yeah, he had a he had a good Dev Camp. Um. I, I, I don't, I don't know about Jay O'Brien, to be really honest. I need to see him, I need to see him play against, uh, I need to see his first year at Providence is really what I'm trying to say here. I need to see his first year at Providence um, before I can really form an opinion on him. Um, I do, do you ever see him making the roster? Yes, I do see him making the roster, but I don't know how soon. Like we're gonna, he's gonna be a a, a long path project, I believe. So I, I think that we'll see him play in college, make the trip to the AHL in a couple years, and then play with the big club. Um, could he be a piece to trade in the future? Yes, everybody's a piece to trade in the future. So yes, he's going to have more value the more he plays against adults. So the more that he plays against the college kids and makes a name for himself. The more that he plays in the AHL, the more that he plays in the NHL, he's going to have more value. So he could be a trade piece. Probably not right now. Um, and then the second question from SJ, who is your favorite Flyers dog? I love them all. I can't pick a favorite. They're all my favorite. Um, from Paul, chances are Amac wears the A full time this year with Fopola gone, but who would who would you like to see wear it if he doesn't? Couturier and Proby both seem like good candidates if they decide to rotate home and away again with Amac. Um, so I do believe that they'll just give Andrew McDonald the full time A. Um, I don't, you know, Couturier and Provorov, I believe they're very strong locker room presences, but they're not very vocal. Um, the, the, the leadership on this team is Andrew McDonald, Claude Giroux, Jake Voracek, Wayne Simmons. Um, I think that, you know, Shane Gossespierre is a leader in the locker room. There, there are quite a few of them. I don't 
I don't put a whole lot of weight on letters the way that other people do. I think that it's just, it's going to be um, Andrew McDonald full-time, and that's fine. Uh, from Mike, can you guys throw an opening night party? Well, yes, I think we can. Uh, I don't have any details, and I haven't started planning. Um, just started thinking about this last night when I got the question from Mike, but I think that that sounds like a lot of fun, and they'll be playing in Vegas, so maybe, I don't know, I don't know. I think that it's something fun, and uh, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. We're, we'll do something. Um, from Dave, who is one player you wish was a flyer but isn't? This goes back earlier to when I said Jacob Chikrin. I, I think that he would be good on defense for us, and I'm really upset that he didn't fall to the flyers. But, I mean, we could be – this. I could go on for days about how I want Connor McDavid to be a flyer, Austin Matthews, William Nylander, um, Patrick Laine. Like, we could go on forever. Um but I'm 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 really happy with the group of of guys that we have right now. I'm really happy with the group of guys. Um, from Flyers Cups two. Do we see Patrick taking over one C eventually, possibly as soon as season after next, or too ambitious? So, my answer is no. Uh, no, because Sean Couturier is a very good center. Sean Couturier is a very, very good center. But that doesn't mean we can't have two number one centers just playing on different lines in different situations. So in, in two years, could they both be playing 20 minutes a night? Sure. You know what that means? We've got a really good team. I, I don't think that... The numbering is as important. I think that Couturier will get more defensive responsibilities, um, as he always has. He'll get more defensive assignments, and that's just how it's going to be. This is not this is not something that I'm worried about, whether it happens or whether it doesn't. They are, they can both be very very good on the same team. Um. From Shane, struggling to figure out where Taylor Lear fits on the roster this year. Where do you think he slots in, if at all? Um, Taylor Lear will probably be the 13th forward. Maybe, maybe they'll bring back the Honeybees line, um, which would mean Jordan Wheel is the 13th forward. Um, you know, maybe... Maybe they tried Jordan Wheel at 3C and put Raffle, Lawton, and Lear on the fourth line again. Um, I, I'm struggling as well. I, I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen in the bottom six. I don't think I'm going to know until we figure out who that 3C is. Um, maybe they put Raffle as 3C. He plays, he plays center internationally. Maybe they try him there. I, I don't... I don't know, but I think that more likely than not, Taylor Lear is going to be the 13th forward. Oh, this is, here's the question from Dallas. Based on the current roster, who would you protect 2020 when Seattle comes in? 
Seven forwards, three defensemen, one goalie. Anyone who was on the Phantoms last year, 10 games or more, is exposed as well as all flyers. Um, I, I ran through that a little bit earlier. Um, and I... St- I mean, logic says, logic says that Voracek is the one protected. So here's here's the other thing that I want to say about the expansion draft. There are things that the Flyers can do to protect the players that they want to keep. Like trading draft picks. Like sending away a first round pick. Don't take this guy. Um, sending prospects say you know making handshake deals these are all things that happened with other teams in vegas look at minnesota look at anaheim these are things that the flyers can and probably will do they didn't need to for the last expansion draft so we didn't have to really worry about that in particular for this team but there are things that the flyers can do that ron hextall can do or whoever the gm is at that time I'm not super worried about it. I'm not super worried about it. They will keep their guys. Um, Let's see. I am. Oh, good. Well, I had I had somebody somebody re- replied to um, somebody that I had muted replied with a question, but it was a nasty question, so we're not answering it. Um, all right, so I'm I'm at fifty minutes. Let's let's dig into some questions here. Um, let's. From Brian, is Mark Stone really available or just speculation? I think everybody in Ottawa is available. Um, What question? I know that I missed a bunch of questions. Lappy in the order of the penalty killers. Will we see, from Tom, will we see Wheel next season? We should. We should. Um, the, the bottom six is a little bit of a disaster right now. In, in a, there are a lot of bodies and not a significant amount of high-end talent, if that makes sense. So a lot of the, the significant high end talent in the bottom six, Oscar Lindblom, Wayne Simmons, um, in the bottom six. So now we need to fill in four spots with any number of Jordan Wheel, Michael Roffel, Taylor Lear, Yori Laterra, Dale Weiss, um, I'm forgetting people because I don't remember who I said already. So there, there are too many bodies for that number of spots and they all are roughly interchangeable. 
I think that most of the players on this team are better than Yori Laterra, but the coaching staff doesn't think that. I think that all of the players on this team are better than Dale Weiss, and it appears that the coaching staff does acknowledge that. I expect Scott Lawton to be the 4C. I don't know who's going to be on his wings. So there's 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 a lot of players for not that many spots. Um, from Teddy, I'm so excited to see where Hart is playing this season, or when this season ends. Oh, where do I expect him to be playing? When the season ends, he'll probably be in Lehigh Valley. My guess is they're going to make another strong push into the playoffs. Um, I think that they will. I, I believe that the Lehigh Valley Phantoms will have another strong season. I think that he's going to be a big reason for that. I think that Ron Hextall wants him to have a full season in the AHL before he brings him up. Um, from Quinn, what do you think Proby's season looks like if he gets ghost spot on power play one and vice versa? I don't expect him to get ghost spot on power play one, and I don't want him to. Shane Gossesbear is perfect in that spot, and all you're doing by replacing him is making that unit worse. Yes, Ivan Provorov is an exceptional talent. However, don't take Shane Gossesbear off the first power play unit. That that would be foolish. Don't do it. Um, Alex says he bets Raffle gets the 3C for veteran presence. There's a good chance. There's a good chance that that happens. There's a lot of options at 3C. So the people who are already on the team, Yori Laterra, Jordan Wheel, Mike, Michael Raffle, potentially Scott Lawton. These are players that could be... Um, could be the 3C. So then you've got the AHL players that could be the 3C. You've got Vecchioni, Vorobiev. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that played in the AHL last year. You know, technically, we could move past that and say, well, Morgan Frost, he could be 3C. You could also have Rubsov be 3C. Um, there are options. There's a lot of options. My guess is it's just gonna it's gonna be somebody that was with the team last year. I, I think it's gotta be. I think it has to be, but we'll see. Uh, from Emily, hey Emily, thoughts on fan centered events being changed a lot in recent years, often for the worse, like the the wives carnival being moved, less fun stuff during trial on the aisle. I, I have a lot of thoughts around that, but not ones that I can articulate well. Um, the Flyers Carnival being moved up early in the season, I don't like it. I, I don't like it at all, but I, I think the reason they did it was for, because of the Flyers schedule. Maybe it could have been the Wells Fargo Center schedule. Either way, I don't like it in November. I think it's too early in the season. I don't think that fans are – I mean, it's still it's still football season. So a lot of the fans, the excitement happens when the Eagles aren't playing anymore. Um, and that is something – that is something that hockey has to keep in mind at all times. So um, 
I, I just I don't like it in November. Um, a trial on the Isle. I hated it this year. I I there were a lot of things that the team did at trial on the Isle that were away from the public eye. Like they were up with Navy SEALs at the crack of dawn, and they were doing um, drills with the Navy SEALs. Um, but fans couldn't see that where in the past they were doing all types of workouts and relay races and events on the beach and in the sound for fans to watch. And, and that's what was fun. They kept the least fun parts of trial on the aisle and did them this year where it was signing the autographs. Yes. That's great for kids. That's great for kids. But it's not really what you're coming down to trial on the aisle for. You're coming down to to watch them practice and and do activities. Um, they kept the volleyball tournament, but it was no longer fans couldn't play with them. Um, and then they kept the ball clinic, the ball hockey clinic too, which is good. That's also for the kids. But I I just. It was different and not in a good way. And I didn't like it this year. Hopefully, hopefully they fix that for next year. I don't know if they've gotten a lot of feedback, but it was just less than good, in my opinion. All right, so we're closing in on an hour here. And I am, my throat is starting to hurt because I've been talking to myself for a long time. Do we have any other questions that I missed? I think, I know that I missed a bunch uh, early on, um, oh, Emily has a follow-up. Also, since the Sixers didn't get LeBron or any star players, how garbage is the home schedule for the Flyers this year? I, is the home schedule garbage? I didn't, I don't know it off the top of my head. I have it in my, ca- in my phone, in my calendar. Is it garbage? I don't, I don't have an opinion on that because I'm ill-informed. Let me know how I should feel about the home schedule. Uh, From Brian, I think NHL season should start late September in the Stanley Cup Finals in mid-May. It's hard. So I always think about um, the non-traditional market. So, like, it's, it's okay to build ice up here in late September, even though September is still summer, it's still hot. It's okay to do it, but think about, God, I was in, I was in Vegas. I've been in Vegas in the fall in the past. It wasn't this, this last year, but that's, it's hard. It's hard to build ice in the desert when it's a hundred plus degrees. Um, you know, Nashville gets hot. Florida gets hot. It's, it's gotta be difficult. Um, you know, hockey is, is really a year round sport with the exception of July, July. Yes. Free agency starts July 1st, but the rest of the month is really quiet. So I I don't, if they adjust the schedule, I think that just means that we've got the, the weeks that we have off shift a little bit. Um, from Teddy, I want Phil Myers in the third pair. If you agree, who sits besides Amac? 
because he's a veteran scumbag and they won't get rid of him. I don't, yeah, they, they're not going to sit Andrew McDonald. They're just not going to do it. I think it would be Gudis. Um, I, I think the Gudis is the odd man out this season and, and that may just be wishful thinking, but just looking at, looking at the team, I think that he is, I think that he is the odd man out. I think that they obviously love Ivan Provorov as they should and Shane Gostis bear. Um, Andrew McDonald isn't going anywhere and Travis Sanheim played really well with Andrew McDonald. So then you've got Robert Haig and Phil Myers, which would be a good third pair. I don't know. I don't know. Um, thank you everybody for the kind words. Thank you. Um, from Andrew, what would the Flyers have to give up for Eric Carlson? I know it's a pipe dream, but he's still out there. Um, and my guess is that it would take, it, it's going to take more than anybody's comfortable in giving up. It, it's going to take probably Travis Konechny and probably, probably Travis Sanheim, if not, you know, like, I, I, I think that they want really good players like they'll probably ask for gossip spare um they want really good young players um maybe a couple draft picks thrown in um it would take a lot it would take a lot and it would take a lot more than anybody is comfortable giving up just for one season i believe that eric carlson on the team makes the flyers an instant contender but you've also got to look at what they're giving up to do it. If, if you're giving up Travis Konechny and Travis Sanheim for Eric Carlson, you know, you're, you're weakening your top six. And, I mean, your defense would be better, but your defensive depth may not be. It's hard. It's, it's a very hard question. It's very hard. Um, and then this is going to be the last question from Tommy here. Will Foline be on the opening night roster? Uh, yes, as a healthy scratch is is my final answer. Yes, as a healthy scratch. I think that he sits as well. Um, there's a lot of stuff happening with the Flyers. I think that I think that we'll see some trades closer to the season starting. Um, and and some of these answers will start to clear up. Um, thank you everybody for hanging out with me on a Saturday morning. I know that there's a lot of places that you could be a lot of things that you could be doing. So I really appreciate you spending the time with me. Um, and I had a lot of fun. I hope that you had a lot of fun and I will be back probably in the, in the next couple weeks. Next week will be, I think it'll be Craig sports are bad. Um, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks, everyone. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. 
or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>